This is a download from the Wireless Theatre Company. I know. Here, I'll get off the swing. You've earned a push. Thanks. Don't mention it. I have no idea why this playground only has one swing. Doesn't seem right, does it? Have I seen you before? I don't think so. What's your name? John. Mine's Legina. Legina Nagyug. You look so familiar for some reason. How old are you? Thirteen. Thirteen? Wow, that old. You? Are you asking me for my age? Yeah, I guess so. Didn't your mother ever teach you any manners? You're never supposed to ask a lady her age. But you asked me. You aren't a lady. I am. Still, I feel as if we're friends. It's weird. I'm the same age. Quite the coincidence, eh? Thanks for the push. Don't thank me yet. You're going to push me next. No. OK. Do you believe in fate, John? What do you mean? Well, you do know what fate is, right? Yeah. Sort of. Fate is where something is supposed to happen. It's meant to be. I think that applies to us. What has fate got to do with us? You almost got hit by that car, didn't you? You never saw it coming. Did too. No, you didn't. If I hadn't have yelled for you to look out for that car, you would have been roadkill. Pizza a la tarmac. Flatter than a pancake, stepped on by an elephant in here. I get it. It was meant to be. That's fate. Thank you, then. It's OK. You owe me. Can you push me a bit harder? OK. I think I like you, John. I like you, too. I mean, I think I've always liked you. We just met. Are you sure? If you think about fate and that we were always supposed to meet... Don't you think that maybe, in a way, we've always known each other, too? Now that you mention it, I do think I've seen you before. Well, maybe not seen you, but your voice. It sounds like I heard it just yesterday, from the moment you yelled for me to look out when that car almost ran me down. I had a feeling that everything was OK. It's fate. Because if I wasn't there to let you know about that car, we wouldn't be talking right now. Again, you have my thanks on that. So what do you think about me? Am I pretty? Well, you told me what fate means, right? Yeah. Should I teach you what vanity means? Oh, I know what vanity means. Don't you think you're a bit vain? Almost oh, definitely. I just wondered what your thoughts were on my looks. You are pretty. I know. <laughs> What's funny? I happen to know I'm pretty. I'm also smart. It doesn't hurt to have some vanity, but I prefer to call it... Ego? No, pride. 
You could use some pride yourself. For example, you've got some energy pushing me so high. Girls like powerful muscles. You think so? Definitely. Your muscles are only for me, though, right? At this time, it seems so. Don't you wish this could last forever? Wouldn't life be grand if we simply lived out, swinging freely in the wild, while having your best friend by bait push you? Kind of like Atlas carrying the heavens. Don't look out! <coughs> Get off the ground. That was just a love tap. Tony likes love taps, don't you, Tony? Yeah, love taps, fun. Leave him alone! What do you want? See Mr Johnson's market over there? Yeah, it's over there behind that stop sign. I like Mr Johnson's market, Butch. He gives me sweets when I'm good and... Yeah, thanks, Tony. Hey, mate with the arm that's beginning to welt. Now, you see Mr Johnson's market over there? Yes. Well, as I sees it, well, boy, kiddy goes outside, visits the playground and they get hungry. Mummy and Daddy know their kids get hungry, but Mummy and Daddy are too lazy to get off their cheap bums to make any lunch. So what do they do for their kiddie kids? Tell them, Butch. Tell them what they do. I, I want to know. They give them lunch money for Mr Johnston's market. That's what they do. Kiddie, now you don't look like you've had any lunch yet. You want money? I knew that one. He just said it first. I'll get you a cracker later. Goody, goody. Don't give him anything. I don't have any money. I make my own lunch at home. That's not a very good answer, kiddie kiddie. Listen, I can go home and find my pocket money and see what I can get for you. Well, I'll give you a chance to dob us in. Not a chance. I've got a piggy bank at my ass. Good, Tony. Kid, I'm going to get your money one way or another. Either with you standing up and breathing or with you on the ground bleeding. I can't give you what I don't have. Fine. Oh, my God! That's a switchblade! John! Please don't! Oh my God, no! No! What the hell? Butch, I'm scared. Damn, Tony, let's go. I want to see him bleed. Come on! They're gone. John, do you see that white van over there? Yeah. I think it has a problem with backfiring. <laughs> That's not a problem. That's a godsend. We're still here, John. Are you okay? Yeah. Just a bit sore. I would have been far worse if he had a chance to get that knife into me. I could just see that big oaf holding me down while his friend jabbed repeatedly. Ugh, John, so grotesque a thought. Do you want me to push you again? Are you sure you're up to it? Yeah. I don't think they're going to be back. Besides, it'll calm me down a bit. OK. There is something about the repetition and predictableness of the swing. Don't you think? Hey, did you notice something peculiar about them and myself? Not really. Except that they were more than willing to kill us both. I don't think so. I think they're only going to kill you. Nice. Really? There's a reason for it, I think. <laughs> what would that be? I don't want to scare you. Are you sure you want to hear this? What? Well, I think there's a reason you know me so well and I know you in that same way. I'm all in your head, John. 
What? Don't be silly. I've come to that conclusion. It was a fast one, I'll admit, but it makes sense. How so? Well, the only people who've met us are those two bullies. Right. They didn't notice me at all. So? They didn't even look at me, John. They didn't say anything to me when I talked. Nothing. It's like... like I didn't exist. I listened to this radio programme the other day. A documentary. They said that people are made up of molecules and there is more space between the molecules than the molecules themselves. Like we are more non-matter than matter. So maybe we all don't exist. So you don't exist either? I don't think so. The bully saw you. Maybe they saw me and I look like I have cash, but you don't. You're wearing a dress and therefore no pockets. I don't see a purse either. John, please, I think I've accepted it. After the knife came out, I knew my role. I am for you, John. I am part of you. That can't be. When I stop pushing you, the swing still moves. Momentum that a swing already has. Besides, anything your mind doesn't accept, it'll make up. A mind can adapt. Before those two came up to us, you were so vain, so self-righteous. I still am, by God. I'm still prettier than you. Don't start thinking you're smarter than me, either. Just because I'm part of you doesn't mean I don't have my own individuality. The way you were talking a minute ago, you sounded like you didn't feel you were worth much. Like you were merely a few neurons that make me up. I am worth something. We are worth something. It's why I'm here in your mind and why you exist. We are more than friends. Even more than two people in love. We have something no one else has. We share the same mind and the same soul. So what does this mean? That I'm insane? This is craziness. You aren't insane. You may be talking to yourself, but you aren't insane. People talk to themselves all the time and they're free amongst other people, without medication even. But why? I've been thinking about that. Why do I exist in your mind to begin with? So there is a purpose for therapy. <laughs> no, silly. I think I figured that out too. It's to teach, to protect, to show you what your life has been about. What it's all been worth up to this point. It's what I'm all about. How are you teaching and protecting me? This swing that you're pushing me on, is it unique or does it represent more than what it is? What do you mean? The swing has a cycle. Up and down. Life has its ups and downs too. There is the beauty of two friends meeting. And there's the fear and insecurity of facing pain head on. Life and death. You got it. Yin and yang. And protecting, you said. You are protecting too somehow. Of course. I saved you from that car, didn't I? I am your teacher and your protector. I'm your ultimate best friend. I guess it would be crazy if I didn't tell you that I count you as my best friend as well. I've never had many friends. In fact, I think you were my only one. Being cooped up in your room for months at a time, I figured so. How? Remember, I am you. I know you had a very bad case of pneumonia when you were very young. From then on, you were very shy. You didn't have many friends to begin with, and you were hesitant in adding more. 
Pneumonia almost killed me. But it didn't. Why weren't you there for me then? Not positive, but I don't think we are ready to meet yet. I know. What's my dad's first name? I don't know. See? You aren't in my head. You don't even know my dad's name. Come on, I'm part of you, but I'm not a mind reader. That wouldn't be fair. It sounds like an excuse. I don't know everything about you. I'm not a boyer. There are some things about boys I can pass by. Puberty. You weren't with me when my I... My eyes were closed through most of it, believe me. That part about boys, ugh. I still have my clothes on, but I feel a bit exposed. Relax, we're friends, remember? You can have confidence that what I know about you and how I feel about you are only good things. How about when I've been angry or upset? Yeah, I know about them. But you had reason to be when you were. All is forgiven. Well, it's not up to me to forgive. I don't judge you. I know that if our positions were reversed, you'd think the same way. You know, I do think I love you, Legina. I know you do. <laughs> I love you too, John. It's getting late. I should be getting home. Home? I thought you were a part of me. Do you think I can vaporise into thin air? Been watching a few late-night movies, have you? Remember, your mind has to adapt to keep yourself grounded and sane. I really want you to keep your sanity, so I'm just going home. Are you she having a fit because you see me do something your mind doesn't accept? Can I walk you home? You think I'm a helpless girl who's going to get mugged at knife point? <laughs> I can fend for myself. OK. I was just thinking. But... Yes? Rachel! Whoa! Hey! Last one to make it to the house isn't real. Hey! She's heading to my house. She's going into my house. Everybody's in black. Why are there pictures of me all over the place? Oh, it's too bad about what happened. Just this last month, the girl was run over by a car too, close to the same spot. Oh, I remember hearing that. Such an angel she was. Wasn't her name even Angel? Same age. Such a tragedy, all of it. Hey! Well, Johnny didn't have a chance. He was up against a knife with only his bare hands. Couldn't put on much of a fight. Still, at least it was quick. Can't you hear me? Can't anyone hear me? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What's happening to me? Uh, Legina? Shit. Backwards. Angel. Oh, shit. What was her last name? Nardriog. Backwards. Guardian. No. No way. This isn't happening. My head hurts so badly. I can't deal with this. I need to forget. I've got to get away. Hey, kid! Get out of the room! Sorry.
was close. I know. Friend in Me was written by Rob Millikin and starred Paul Thomas as John, Faye Honeysett as Legina, Reuben Anderson as Tony and Neil Frost as Butch. A Friend in Me was recorded at Quint Studios with Matt Walters for the Wireless Theatre Company. <laughs>